Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, your mama and me RD. I'm a registered dietitian and mama of two. I specialize in nutrition and feeding for infants and toddlers. Welcome to Nutrition for Littles, a podcast dedicated to helping you raise healthy, confident, and intuitive eaters. Nutrition is kind of my thing, and I love sharing it, but honestly, the 30 seconds Instagram gave me on my stories just wasn't cutting it anymore. Join me each week as we go deeper and tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby-led weaning, and fostering a healthy relationship with food, and so much more. I'll try to be short, but I plan on answering your actual real-life questions using your examples. I will walk you through actionable strategies to help you protect and preserve your child's innate ability to listen to their bodies and eat intuitively. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, 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 you guys. I'm so excited you're here, Mama. I've got a great topic to talk about. We are talking all about how to transition from breast milk or formula to whole milk or whatever dairy substitute you choose, but we'll get into that a little bit later. First and foremost, I wanted to start off by saying that I actually posted on my Instagram all about this transition and I got flooded with questions and comments and concerns and all this sort of stuff and I wanted to make sure that I addressed it all in one place. So my caption was quite thorough and gave some good descriptions, but of course you guys have questions. So I'm so happy to answer those in my comments. Um, But what ended up happening was I was sharing some information in some places. And I'm sure a lot of you aren't diving into the comments reading all my responses, which is totally fine. I realize you probably have more important things to do. But I wanted a place for all this information to be in one spot for you. So that's what we are doing today. So I wanted to let you know that typically the recommendation for switching from breast milk or formula to whole milk or starting to add that um, beverage, like using milk as a beverage, is around 12 months of age. So that's typically where we start to introduce whole milk or cow's milk or even a dairy substitute as a beverage. Before that, really the emphasis is going to be on um, breast milk or formula. Now, that is not to say that you need to immediately stop breastfeeding and transition to whole milk. Absolutely, that's not the case. And in fact, I would recommend if you are breastfeeding or giving breast milk via a bottle to continue doing that for as long as you can, as long as you feel good about doing it mentally, physically, all the things that go into that. Um, But I do recommend doing what works best for you and your family. Now, that being said, with breast milk specifically, you can do both. You can continue to nurse your baby or offer bottles or open cups, straw cups of breast milk and sometimes offer whole milk. It's completely fine to do that. Your child will not get confused. They will adapt perfectly fine. 
Um, With formula, on the other hand, I do recommend around that 12 months of age to switch to whole milk. There's actually not a lot of reason to be on a toddler formula, barring any medical concerns that obviously you'd be working with your pediatrician for. But the the toddler formula that's out there on the market is kind of just a marketing ploy, honestly. And so I would stick to the whole milk, the whole food. Um, And I do recommend to transition to whole milk specifically, not 2% or 1% or skim or anything like that. Um, Whole milk is really going to be where it's at for your little one. We really want that high fat protein carbohydrate ratio that we find in whole milk that is super good for their development, especially in those early years. So the official recommendation is to keep your child on whole milk through two. Now, um, and then to maybe transition to skim milk or 2% or anything like that. Personally, we choose to stay on whole milk indefinitely. I use whole milk in my cereal or in my oatmeal or in my coffee. My son still drinks whole milk. Um, I believe in that full fat. It's such a good satiator and helps you stay full for longer. And just in those early years, especially that fat is super important for brain development and healthy growth and development. So that's where we're at with that. Now, I want to be super clear. If you choose not to give dairy to your children or whole milk or any sort of milk product that comes from cows, that is completely your prerogative and up to you. I will give you the most comparable options to whole milk. And in that respect, as far as nutritionally comparison or nutritionally comparable to whole milk, your best options on the market are going to be soy milk or pea milk. Now, that is not to say those are your only options. Of course, you can do almond milk or oat milk or rice milk or no milk. You can just do water. That is completely up to you. But I do want to give you the best non-dairy options that is most comparable to milk. So milk has a ton of benefits. It is packed full of, like I said, those healthy, healthy fats, protein, carbohydrates. It's such a good mix. Plus it packs a nice nutrient dense um, vitamins and minerals in there as well. Specifically vitamin D it's typically fortified with. We all know it's full of um, calcium and potassium, which are going to be amazing things for our children and their development. So that being said, soy and pea come the closest, but honestly, they're not really even there. So do what feels best for you and your family. We choose to do whole milk. So to each their own, just know that if you choose not to do a dairy beverage, that's completely fine. Or if you choose to offer it and your little one's just not into it and they're not really drinking it so much, it just means that you have to maybe be a little bit more intentional with the Um, sources of food that you're offering that are higher in things like calcium or encouraging more outdoor play for vitamin D or maybe even supplementing um, depending on what their diet looks like with specifically vitamin D there. So I wanted to talk about a few non-dairy sources of calcium. So a lot of soy milk actually is fortified with calcium. So just to know that ahead of time, you can look right there on the package. It will tell you. Um, But there are some non-dairy Uh, options to get some some calcium into your little one's diet. So one of them being sweet potato, 
man, I feel like I'm recommending sweet potato all the time lately. It's like, oh, it's really good for fiber. It's got calcium in there. It's, um, you know, all these vitamins and minerals in a sweet potato. Man, those sweet potatoes really do pack a punch. So sweet potato, canned fish, fortified juices, like orange juice a lot of times is actually fortified with calcium. Um, leafy greens, almonds are a great one and chia seeds which come out of left field you guys chia seeds actually are really high in calcium and they're so tiny so you can get quite a bit of chia seeds like maybe you take a piece of avocado and roll it in chia seeds or you do chia seed pudding or you add it to a smoothie those can go a really far way so those are some really great sources that are not dairy specific but still getting in that calcium. And most of them are pretty kid-friendly as far as foods they typically will eat um, or enjoy. For the almonds specifically, obviously you don't want to be offering them whole under the age of four. Um, So you want to make sure that you smash them up, cut them up, slice them up, um, or, you know, grind them up um, and serve them that way in a safe way. But um, yeah, they're all pretty kid-friendly options there for you for calcium. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about and I talked a little bit about in my post, which this kind of got like the most, I guess, attention or comments or anything like that, is the maximum milk that I recommend. So you guys know me, you've been listening to this podcast or you follow me on Instagram over at Mama and Me RD, and you know that I don't typically restrict foods for children um, if we can help it. Now, there's going to be cases where we need to restrict foods just I won't get into that because I've already done an episode of when to say no. So go check that episode out if you haven't seen it already. But milk is one of the foods that I do recommend like quote unquote restricting. Now, I don't want you to make this an obvious thing or make the child feel restricted. But remember following that division of responsibility, you're in charge of what goes in the plate or in the cup in this case. Um, So you can kind of dictate when and how often throughout the day or week that you're offering milk. So I do recommend restricting it to 16 ounces. Now, this is not a hard and fast rule, like cut them off exactly at 16 ounces, because it can fluctuate. Um, Your child might have two ounces in the morning, then six ounces in the afternoon, that eight ounces at dinner, or they might drink all 16 ounces in the morning, or maybe even more, maybe 20 ounces in the morning. And then you get to decide to not offer milk for the rest of the day or even potentially the next day. So definitely it ebbs and flows. Remember, we're taking that high, like um, that look 40,000 foot view at our child's intake. It's not by the day. It's not by the hour. I don't want you hovering over them and counting the ounces watching every sip, but it is a good little indicator to keep in mind. And honestly, the reason why I recommend 16 ounces, most dietitians you'll see say 20 um, or 16 to 20 is because we tend to overestimate or rather underestimate how much our little ones or we are eating or drinking. So we might think we see 16 ounces, but really it's been closer to 20. So it's just a range, but um, really kind of looking at that 40,000 foot view of what our children are doing and intaking throughout the day. So keeping an eye on that. Again, we're going to be lax about it. We're going to not like pull the milk out of their hands if they've taken too many sips. This is just kind of an overview and an idea of where to kind of cut them off or start to transition to maybe water for the rest of the day, things like that. So now getting to the actual transition, like, okay, Alyssa, we've talked about all the prep work here. How do I actually do the transition? 
So in my post, if you haven't seen it, I'll definitely link it below in the show notes. But in my post, I recommended to start out with like if you're going to do an open cup or a bottle or a sippy cup or a straw cup, whatever your vessel is, you want to fill it up 100% of the way but split it up in different percentages. What I recommend to start off with is 25% whole milk to 75% breast milk or formula. You start with that ratio, so a one to four or one, yeah, one to four ratio. And what you're actually going to do is slowly increase the amount of whole milk that you're putting in the cup um, or the vessel and slowly decrease the amount of breast milk or formula that you put in the cup. Now, over time, eventually you'll get to a place where it's 100% whole milk and you're putting no breast milk or formula in the cup. So this can take time. A lot of people ask me like, what's the time frame? What's the time frame? How long should this take? So on average, I would say two weeks, but that is honestly a best guess. Um, It can take anywhere from one day to two months, three months. Totally take your time with this the best that you can. One mom was saying that she only had so much breast milk in the freezer. So how should she know when to start? I would recommend counting out your breast milk, doing a little bit of quick math, and it doesn't have to be perfect here, and saying, okay, on average, this takes about two weeks. So making sure that you have enough breast milk in the freezer to have this transition happen over the next two weeks. So do the best you can, eyeball it. In my post, I was like 25%, then 50%, then 75%, then 100% as far as how much whole milk is going in the cup. But here's the thing. It's an eyeball. You're, you don't want to sit there and count it out or calculate it. It's just a quick pour and you can kind of get a good feel for it, right? Of kind of just slowly increasing that milk. It doesn't have to be perfect. The point of the post was just, just to show you kind of how that titration works. So how you're bringing up the whole milk and down the breast milk and formula. So I just kind of wanted to get your eyes on that. So um, while you're doing this transition, you should be looking for signs and symptoms of intolerance. Now, ideally, in an ideal situation, you've already introduced your little one to dairy. Um, So for allergies, and I'll have an entire episode coming on this soon, but for allergies, you are looking to introduce certain allergens, especially the top eight, which dairy is a part of the top eight, early and often. So hopefully around that six, seven, eight month range, you've already introduced them to dairy. If they've shown no side effects with dairy since, then they're probably just going to be just fine with this transition. If you haven't introduced dairy yet and they're coming up to a year, I would talk to your pediatrician about putting a plan in action to um, start introducing dairy and take their recommendation because they know your child best. Um, But in general, you want to look for signs and symptoms of intolerance once we start offering it as a beverage. You might see things pop up that you're not um, quite expecting. A lot of times we see constipation. This is number one when we transition specifically from breast milk to whole milk. We see a little bit of constipation. And all this means is you need to increase the water a little bit that you're offering as well and increase those fiber-containing foods. I actually just did a post on this as well, so you can learn more about that on my Instagram at Mama and Me RD. Um, a lot of times we see GI disturbances. Now, sometimes it's discomfort, a little bit more gas, maybe that constipation, maybe even diarrhea. True rarity, though, is blood in the stool. This is something to obviously contact your pediatrician about and um, pay attention to. That can be actually a sign or symptom of 
protein, the milk protein intolerance or allergy. So keep an eye out for that. But with most of the GI disturbances, those do um, subside over time. So we continue to give the milk while um, relieving the discomfort. And eventually, typically children get over any of those kind of small humps when you're introducing dairy into their diet as a beverage. So when we are transitioning, I did want to mention here just to kind of wrap this all up that you want to do one transition at a time. I know this baby stage feels like we're doing a thousand things in a very short period of time. And that's because we are. We are doing so many things. This baby's learning how to eat solid food, how to drink from an open cup, how to walk, how to crawl. All these things are happening in the very short amount of time. So try to do just one transition at a time so you're not overwhelmed and your baby's not overwhelmed. They can get really overwhelmed too, you guys. So one thing at a time. I know some parents were asking me about temperature. What do I do here? So you want to keep the temperature the same of whatever you are doing with formula and breast milk. Keep the t- temperature the same. Work on that transition later. So you can still warm up the milk, warm up whole milk, warm up your concoction of whatever percentage you're at and keep that a warm temperature. And then over time, you can kind of do a similar thing where you slowly decrease the temperature that they're willing to accept. When you're going through any sort of transition, what I recommend is to take kind of like a one step forward, half a step back kind of situation. So if at any time your child is no longer tolerating it or is just full on rejecting it or you don't know what's going on, take a step back. Go back to the place that they were most recently tolerating um, and start there and then give that for a few more days. So let's say the last time they were tolerating it was a 50-50 split. Go back to 50-50, continue to offer that for a few days, and then try increasing it again. If you try to increase it to 75% whole milk and they reject it again, go back to 50-50. Maybe the next time you move forward, maybe you do a 60-40 split instead. So it's just making small incremental changes towards your overall goal of weaning them. Speaking of weaning, I wanted to give a special shout out to my breastfeeding mamas. If you are weaning, first of all, like I said at the beginning of this episode, do not feel pressure to wean. You absolutely do not have to wean them or start introducing um, cow's milk. You can do both, but expect that if you are ready to wean to whole milk completely and stop breastfeeding, that can be an, an emotional roller coaster. It really does sometimes trigger some emotional responses, hormonal responses in us. So know that that's normal. Maybe prepare your partner. Let them know that this might be coming up. You might experience something similar to baby blues or if you've had postpartum uh, um, anxiety or depression. I would just let your doctor know that you're planning on weaning because the hormonal shift is real, you guys, not to mention just the fact that our babies are growing up and that can cause a hormonal response as well. So regardless too, if you're breastfeeding or formula feeding, it is an emotional response to see your child, your baby grow up and start, you know, venturing into these toddler years. So it's a big deal, you guys. Anyways, I hope this podcast episode answered any of the questions that you had about weaning or transitioning, and I hope that you are on my email list because I also documented this all in an email and sent it out to you. If you want to check out my posts, click in the description box below, or if you want to join my email list and get some killer tips and tricks and information weekly to your inbox, make sure to join my email list. I will also drop that in the link below or in the show notes below. 
And uh, I think that's it, you guys. Such a good episode. I know we went a little long today, but I think the information is there for you when you need it. All right, mamas, I will see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring some peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your hashtag mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review. You can find more from me on my Instagram at mama and me rd. That's mama dot and dot me underscore rd. And please feel free to send me any questions or comments you may have. Email me at alyssa at mama and me rd dot com. Until next week, mamas.